Hello and welcome to Rando Rob. Each week on Rando Rob, I'll be showing and discussing one item from my large collection of collections. New shows appear every Monday and throughout the week, I'll be adding older episodes of Rando Rob that were previously only available to my Patreon subscribers. You can watch episodes of Rando Rob on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Rob O'Hara. Just look for the Rando Rob playlist. Audio versions of the show are available on my website at podcast.robohara.com or through iTunes. Just search for Rando Rob. Thanks for watching or listening, and I hope you enjoy this vintage episode of Rando Rob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rando Rob. It is Sunday evening. It's a little after 6 o'clock uh, my time, local time, central time zone, if you will. And uh, I've been uh, doing some more cleaning and rearranging of the home office. As you can see behind me, I've added some new shelves and uh, I've started putting some stuff on those shelves. I do plan to extend those probably in both directions. Uh, but right now, of course, my head's right in the way unless I duck down. But you can see on the uh, bottom side there, I believe that's my... Um, Either that's a Commodore C64C or a 128. That's a C64C. And then there's my uh, Amiga 1200. There is a, uh, my, that's my the C64. That is a Commodore 16 uh, next to it in the, the back corner. And then above that, there's some boxes. There's those, uh, that middle shelf, those are both boxes for 1541 disk drives. And they have brand new 1541 disk drives in them. In a box for the 1581 disk drive. And, uh, so, <clears throat> as I get some other stuff, I will uh, continue to fill those shelves. It's been a fun little project. Um, and one of the things I ran across was, uh, while I was cleaning, was a stack of CDRs. And so, obviously, you can see the, uh, the picture there um, of a blank CDR. And you can tell it's been watermarked because I just grabbed the first one that I found. <laughs> on Google Image Search. Man, do I hate that. Um, like, like they've copyrighted, you know, they've marked it, and you can't use a picture of a blank CD. Uh, but that I'm too lazy to take a picture of a blank CD, so I guess that's, that's how they win. Uh, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> I found a stack of uh, CDRs, and I thought they were pretty interesting, and so I thought I would share those with you. And... Um, if I, if I block, uh, I'm, there's not a good way to do this. Actually, I could do it like this. <clears throat> oh, I just ruined, I ruined the whole thing. Uh, no, I didn't. So, uh, I think if I do it like this, you can see that this looks just like a, um, a normal, uh, a CDR that you would buy at the store. Remember when we used to buy these one at a time? It came in little thin plastic, uh cases like this and that's what this is i bought this at a as a tin pack one time at a thrift store but that's not why it was interesting nor is that why i purchased it i purchased it because they are napster brand uh cdrs which i found incredibly interesting and so um i had to do a little bit of research on these because uh, that seems like such a a strange thing for someone to uh, to market and so uh, if you were there or you weren't there 
Uh, Napster was an amazing time, and I'll be talking about Napster here in just a minute. I'm trying to open this uh, so you can see um, that they also are branded, uh, the actual discs are branded Napster. Uh, and then there's just a little thing about uh, uh, how to burn CDs or care for CDs, like don't touch them, uh, don't put them in heat. Uh, and always keep them in the case, which somebody did. Uh, and these are, I mean, these are really branded Napster. Not only do they say Napster on the top and have the Napster logo, but then at the bottom, it also says Napster.com. If you can see that, uh, make that out at the very bottom. Uh, eh, maybe not in this light. Uh, eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But um, it says Napster all over them. So, um... Uh, first, I guess I'll talk, and I don't know, I, I didn't do any research, so I, I can't tell you all the ins and outs. I know that uh, the guy who created Napster wanted a, a way to share music or whatever, but, uh, there, there were, um, uh, <clears throat> I don't know how much peer-to-peer -peer there was before that. I, and like a lot of things, it's hard to, um, uh, to point, you know, to an exact, like, hey, this is exactly when uh, this technology started, but, um, but Napster had several things going for it, and the, the um, two biggest things was, number one, it had a built-in search engine. So if you think about something like uh, the Pirate Bay or other popular torrent sites today, they have a, a search engine. But in, in the really early days, and things like um, LimeWire, and, and I'm trying to think of uh, uh, one's... Uh, that were even before that, uh, it wasn't very organized. A bear share was one. I mean, these are all like super old um, technology, you know. But um, uh, but the thing about Napster was that it um, uh, had a built-in search engine, and so uh, if you were looking for, you know, what? Let me even go back before that, since we're talking about this. <clears throat> um, I believe MP3s came out in, um, I mean, were first invented, I think, man, this is just going to be full of facts that I didn't fact check, so let's look this up. I think it's 93, um, but let's take a look here. Wikipedia, yada, yada, yada. Um, it was commonly known as this. Yeah, initial release is 1993. Uh, I did not discover MP3s until 1994, and that's when I first got on IRC, which is uh, Interrelay Chat, which was internet-based chat. And so I remember getting on IRC and seeing people trading these MP3s. Now, when I first got on uh, the internet, 94 and 95 and uh, even 96 before I moved, uh, I it was all through dial-up. So I would use my, my normal modem. Uh, I think back then it was 9600 baud. I didn't have 14.4 at that time. So I, I was using a 9600 baud and I would dial up and uh, people were trading these MP3s. And they, they, weren't, they were just trading one song at a time. So you would download a song. And I remember <clears throat> seeing the first MP3s and thinking, I don't get it. I don't get this use of technology. Why would I want to download one song? A song is free on the radio. 
why would I want to store waste this space uh, and play it on my computer? You know, um, in 94, when I started at Best Buy, um, I think I had a 420 meg hard drive. So if you think 420 megs, and then you got an MP3, a song, and it was three megs, like, you weren't going to have a zillion songs, you know? That would fill up your entire hard drive. That would be it. So, um, it, it just didn't, I just didn't get it, you know? Why would I want to, and of course, it took a long time, too, at 9600 baud to download this three meg file, you know? It took a while, and I was like, why would you spend all this time to hear a song that I already have on CD or could hear on the radio? Obviously, um, this was before Napster. So, um, uh, you were limited to what, on IRC, you were limited to what people were offering. You know, you couldn't, uh, uh, request to be like, oh, I want to get, um, uh, you know, this whole Metallica album. Well, somebody wasn't offering the whole Metallica album. They were offering one song from a Metallica album. Or even if they were offering uh, a Metallica album, then they wouldn't offer the next uh, Metallica album. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, <clears throat> through the, the late 90s, that's what it was like. It was, it was um, trading the songs mostly, not albums, mostly just songs, you know? Um, and it was, the way I explained it was, it was kind of like um, visiting garage sales. In other words, you went to the garage sale, you saw what was available, and then you decided if you wanted those things or not, right? So, I mean, in a garage sale, you would go walk up and there might be a, a size 10 men's Nikes that were purple. If you want purple Nikes in a size 10, you're in luck. But if you if you were like, oh, I'd rather have the blue ones, well, it's a garage sale. They don't have blue ones. You can't go in the back and see, it was just, were you interested in what was being offered? So, fast forward a couple of years, and uh, I just looked it up, and in 1999 is when Napster came out. And so, Napster had two huge things going for it. Number one uh, was the search engine. So, all of a sudden, you could go into Napster and type Metallica, and uh, I don't know why I got Metallica on the brain tonight, but or type whatever, you know, any band, and it would show everybody that was connected to Napster and show all their music libraries. And all of a sudden you could, uh, you know, it wasn't like a garage sale. It was like uh, an antique mall maybe where it, what everybody in the place had. But the second thing was, it was adopted by college students. And college students at that time weren't for the most part using dial up. They were starting to get land connections in their dorm rooms and so it wasn't trading single music files at a time with uh you know another person that was also dial-up it was college kids who had you know, of course hard drives had grown in size by then who had these hard drives that were filling them up with mp3s you know now all, i would say the vast majority before napster the vast majority of my mp3s I ripped from my own CDs. You know, I, I've always had a large music collection. I had a large collection of cassette tapes when I was a kid. I had a large 
eh, not a large, I had a, a collection of records, but I had a lot of cassette tapes, hundreds, and uh, when I finally boxed up all my CDs, I had over a thousand CDs, so I had a lot of CDs. So you would put the CD in your computer and you would use different software. I used one, I think, called Audio Grabber. There were some different ones. Uh, but you could rip those uh, into MP3 files, and then you had stuff that you could trade, you know, to other people. Now, you didn't have to. You could just download stuff and, and then quit sharing it or whatever, which is mostly what I did. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, when Napster caught on with college kids, now you had all these kids across the country that were leaving their computers on 24-7 and had these big music collections, and now, all of a sudden, it wasn't like I could get... Um, you know, this one Metallica song, I could get a whole Metallica album. And then the next step for me was high-speed internet. And high-speed internet was, uh, I, I was pretty early on. I was on a waiting list to get it uh, in, in my state. And I got uh, a cable modem in August of 1999. It was, in fact, it was such a big deal to me that I took off work. I got the very first slot uh, installation slot that they had and I took off work so I could be at home to get a cable modem so it was August 1st 1999 and um, all of you know once that happened you had this progression right at first it was hey let me get a Metallica song and then <clears throat> once Napster kind of came along you could start getting entire albums and once the cable modem came you could get multiple albums or every album from an artist, you know? And so that's the progression that I remember was, uh, you know, in the, in the early days, like downloading, uh, you know, a Billy Joel song. And then once, uh, you know, Napster came out, then you would get the Billy Joel album, whatever album that had that song on. And then once cable modems really took off, you would just go click Billy Joel discography and you would get 10 Billy Joel or 15 or however many Billy Joel albums there were. Um, I mean, it was, it was, um, it was piracy like piracy had always been. There's always been piracy, but there were a couple of differences. The first difference is people had a hard time figuring out why it was considered piracy or why was it considered illegal? Why can you take, uh, you know, a Billy Joel song and play it on the radio and you hear it for free and that's fine you could take that song off the radio and record it onto a cassette tape which we all did when we were kids i mean people my age and listen to it and that was okay so why could you not give that to someone else you know so it, there was a lot of um uh gray area, you know, being discussed at that time. There was a lot of ambiguity about what was legal and what wasn't legal. Of course, it was not legal, you know, to just download every Billy Joel album or, or you know, whoever. Um, <clears throat> so, I'd have to um, pull this page back up. I want to see if this um, uh, talks about Napster. But um, the other thing uh, that... Uh, made this different is that it was so easy to use um, that you could just double click, you know, I mean, like you didn't have to understand BitTorrent. You didn't have to understand peer-to-peer. -peer. You didn't have to understand any of this. You installed Napster and once you opened it, you could just 
you know, search for the songs you wanted and, uh, and, and then away it went, you know? And so, um, I'm, I'm trying to find here exactly when Napster got shut down, uh, the first time I'm, uh, you know, everybody knows of the, well, maybe this is why I have, uh, um, you know, Metallica on the brain is because, uh, everybody knows that, um, Lars Ulrich, you know, the drummer of, uh, Metallica and I'm looking, I'm searching for Lars here, <laughs> um, you know, went in front of a camera with a list, a printed out list of everybody from Napster that was sharing Metallica songs. It was like, these people, you know, are stealing our music. They call themselves our fans, but they're thieves. And, and you know, this big rant. And, of course, it was a, a big famous thing at the time. And, you know, uh, a lot of it was, uh, for me, like, I had bought uh, Metallica albums on vinyl, you know. Like, I had one or two Metallica records. And then I had bought every Metallica album, like, up through, like, the, from uh, Kill 'Em All all the way to the Black Album. So, five albums, six albums on cassette. And then I had bought them, <coughs> excuse me, all a third time on CD. So, downloading them on Napster, it didn't seem like it was stealing to me because I'd already paid for them, uh, some of them three times, you know. Um so it really felt like a kind of crappy thing to do to call out your own fans. I mean, uh, in retrospect, a lot of people thought that Lars was right. It's just he was the guy that took the hit for it. Because normally what you do now is uh, like you would see a lawsuit against Napster or you would see a lawsuit against cable ISPs for not stopping piracy. But you wouldn't necessarily see... Uh, suing the end user. And we had a lot of this. We still get this with the Pirate Bay when, um, you know, someone's grandma downloads a movie and then they try to sue someone's grandma for $100 million. It's just, it's not good PR. So, so they don't, they don't typically do that as much as they used to, you know. Um, so, let's see. I'm looking here uh, that there was a lawsuit in 1999, which was after it started. That was from the RAAA. But it said, um, on July 11, 2001, Napster shut down its entire network uh, in order to comply with the injunction. Uh, there was a settlement in September of 2001 where Napster agreed to repay music creators and copyright owners, and they repaid $26 million. Um, and so... That was, I mean, so it was two years, basically. It seemed like it was much longer of that, you know. Um, but eventually, Napster uh, filed bankruptcy. And I'm looking to see if this says... Um, 2002, September... Um, uh, well, they, they had filed for bankruptcy, and uh, they were forced to liquidate anything, and so or everything. And so Napster... Their branded logos were acquired at bankruptcy by Roxio. And so uh, Roxio already had a peer-to-peer -peer music streaming service called Press Play, and they rebranded it as Napster 2.0. Uh, and that lasted for a while until September 2008, uh, I think. Yeah, 2008, when Napster was purchased by Best Buy, for $121 million. 
Uh, so it's funny that Napster was this free thing that was set up by, um, you know, a college kid. Um, I was looking to, to uh, find his name. I thought it was Sean somebody, but I don't... Uh, that name's not jumping out at me here. Yeah, Sean Fanning and Sean Parker were the uh, developers. Uh, and then it says here in Wikipedia, initial release June 1st, 1999, and final release September 3rd, 2002. Man, does it seem like it was longer than that. Because that was like... And, and my dad used this phrase one time. Uh, the genie was let out of the bottle. All of a sudden, uh, any song you could think of. I had an album when I was a kid uh, called Goofy Gold. And Goofy Gold was one of those KTEL uh, comedy albums that had all kinds of songs. It had um, uh, Purple People Eater and Monster Mash and Alley Oop and, and all those songs. And uh, I couldn't find it for sale. I couldn't find the record. And uh, it wasn't ever released on CD. And I went on Napster and I tracked down every song from that album. I found a picture of the back of the album and I found them all down, you know, found them. And I made my own copy of Goofy Gold with all the songs that were originally on that. So you could find anything at the time on Napster. So um, it it becomes this uh, thing where, I mean, there are, sometimes there are uh, events that are so egregious is not the right word, but so um, uh, such a change to the way people think that uh, you have to wait it out. Like you might have to wait a generation. And I feel like that's kind of what happened uh, with MP3s. It was very difficult you know, for basically three years, two to three years, any music that you wanted, you could find for free on the internet and you could do it instantly. You opened up Napster and you downloaded it and that was that, was that right? So then to turn around and go, hey everybody, Napster is not legal anymore. We want, uh, Apple wants you to pay for MP3s. And then you would go, why would I pay for MP3s? I was just getting every mp3 for free <laughs> and um when napster was around i you know started downloading like any artist i could think of i mean culture club and i would go yep i need every culture club album and i would go get them all you know and i mean bands that literally one hit wonders uh not the culture club is a one hit wonder but it, even one hit wonders i would go download their albums just because it was all there and you know before uh i had you know uh, eventually i had uh, a thousand cds but not at this time i probably didn't have a thousand i had a few hundred cds and uh through napster i had a few hundred cds and then all of a sudden or albums and then i had a few thousand albums and then more and more you know and you were just counting mp3s uh, and then you had, you know, a thousand, and then you had 10,000, and then you had, you know, I don't know if I had a hundred thousand MP3s or not. I could tell you, <laughs> I still have most of those, uh, old files. But what's funny is like a lot of different things, uh, and especially piracy is that, uh, it, it, it feels like it's a blessing, but it turns out to be a curse. 
which see, I mean, you would think like, why is it a curse to get every MP3, every song you ever wanted for free? But what happens is, uh, it's so much all at once that you don't listen to them and you don't appreciate them. I have, I mentioned this before, I have a record player right here. And I don't have that many records, but every now and then I'll, I'll pull a record out and put it on the play and it gets my undivided attention. I sit over here in my little uh, chair and I lean back and I listen to the album and you just sit there and listen to five songs and then you hear the, the sound of the needle hitting the, the inner ring of the record and you got to get up and flip it over and you listen to five more songs. But while that's playing, it's like it has your attention. And MP3s were so expendable that they weren't worth anything. If you're into emulation, you know what I'm talking about. How many times, like when I was a kid and we had an Atari 2600, uh, we might get a terrible game for Christmas, but we played the heck out of it because you had the game and you only had one new game and you would play it, play it, play it, you know? Um, but when you get into emulation and you click one button and you get every Atari game in a zip file, you don't give those the same uh, weight. You know what I mean? They don't have the same importance because you get them all at once and they were free. Uh, and um, yeah, this is going well into the 100,000 numbers of MP3s. Um, but I got all this music and I loved music and I didn't listen to it. You know, it just wasn't the same. What I listened to was the CDs that I had bought, the records that I had bought, you know. And so uh, I've thought about deleting the whole thing and then just, just going back to... Um, uh, you know, only the things I've purchased and stuff just because um, it just means something more to you, you know, and, and music is, uh, at least as a kid and a teen and young adult, such a big part of my life that uh, I kind of feel like I ruined it by downloading so much stuff that I never got around to listening to, you know. Uh, and then what's funny is right now, a lot of times when I'm working, I don't listen to music. I mean, it's music. But it's not um, uh, CDs and stuff like that. It's uh, Commodore 64 tunes. So, live and learn. But uh, anyway, so I believe when uh, Napster 2.0, when it tried to go legit as a pay service, uh, a streaming type service, and Roxio took it over and merged it. And it might have even been with Best Buy. I was looking for a copyright date on this uh CD so that I could find um, exactly when it was, if it was part of the Roxio uh, merger or part of the Best Buy um, merger, but I don't see a copyright uh, date on this, so I don't really know. Now, I mean, they do say 700 meg, 80 min which was a later, you know, the uh, earlier CDs were all 650 meg and 74 minutes. Yeah, this booklet, oh, this is always useful, is um, the booklet opens up in the middle so you can write down <laughs> whatever tracks um, that you burned on it. But um, no, I don't see any copyright date on this at all. There probably was some on the original package. So, uh, I bought these uh, CDs, so I'm showing you this CD, but I bought a 10-pack of these CDs, and I got them at a uh, thrift store, and uh, 
I, I was doing something, and I and there was one point, I think it was for work, and I had an emergency thing, and I needed to um, burn a CD, and so I used one. <laughs> so I've used one, and I have nine that are unused. I don't need nine of them. I've thought about putting them up for sale on eBay or something, just because they're such a weird uh, rarity, you know, that uh, I, I can't imagine that they sold Napster-branded CDs very long. But... Uh, uh, I never have. It's like a lot of other things. I think about doing that, but then they they sit on the shelf. Maybe uh, in uh, the next year, uh, I'll do a podcast or a stream or something, and I'll use them as giveaways. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that. That might be fun. So, uh, but anyway, as I was cleaning, I ran across these, and I thought uh, you guys might get a kick out of that. So, that is my item to share for you this week. Excuse me. So. Uh, I hope that everybody had a Merry Christmas. I hope uh, uh, that um, you got to spend, whether it was physically or virtually, you got to spend time or talk to at least uh, your loved ones. Um, I know New Year's is coming up. Uh, we're having to be the bad guy. My kids want to have New Year's parties, and I'm like, man, you can't, you can't do it right now. Just hang in there just a, a little while longer. I know that the uh, vaccines are on the horizon. That stuff is coming. Uh, it's hard to tell kids, you know, next year won't be like this year, but but we just got to, uh, you know, make plans to be safe and, and do safe activities right now. So uh, it's hard. I know it's hard for uh, you guys. It's been hard for me. It's been hard for uh, uh, my family. And um, but, you know, fortunately, everybody has uh, uh, remained healthy. And uh, I see these updates on Facebook and Twitter all the time. You know, my thoughts right now are with um uh, Mark Alley, his his dad had a uh, some sort of event, a breathing related event, and it's not. I, I believe it wasn't related to COVID, um, but his dad has been in the hospital and he's and he's had some uh, uh, sad updates lately. So uh, you know, and I, I've had coworkers who've who've got COVID. I had an old friend of mine, actually the two Jeff and Andy, the two people I mentioned the most on all my podcasts, have both had COVID. So um, you know. It, it's just uh, uh, terrible. Unfortunately, nobody close to me has died from COVID, but uh, I know most of them that have had it said they wish they hadn't got it, that it wasn't fun. So, uh, you know, we're just doing our best, and I know you're doing your best, and uh, that's all we can do. So let's let's all do our best together. And, um, you know, what is safe is uh, watching uh, doofy videos that I make. <laughs> and watching streams and playing games and all that so uh all i can say is that i have had a blast uh podcasting and streaming and doing all these things that i started doing earlier this year and i'm looking forward to continuing that in 2021 uh, i've been having a blast i hope you guys have enjoyed everything and uh i just can't thank you enough for your support on patreon and um you know the, the messages and the comments and the feedback, the voicemails, all that stuff is is what keeps me going and uh, makes me want to keep doing the show. So thank you guys for your support. I hope that you have a very safe New Year's Eve and uh, I will see you and talk to you all again in 2021. Thank you guys. <laughs>